time for press play on tape and i'm joined tonight by obviously myself joined with my fellow host tony and damien hey boys hey how you going hey yeah we're good good and tonight we've also got old regular not regular not quite host i, I don't know what you are anymore daz but darren from retro domination the elusive darren <laughs> serious hey. mr mr yeah. darren you're in you're in trouble i am yeah I'm always in and out. I can't make up my mind, can I? Yeah, you just love it. I do, I do. You just, uh, yeah. just can't keep me away. I just think you're a sucker for podcasting personally, but... Hey. Yeah, I know. It kills me, but yeah, you know, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I always like a good chin wag. Anyway, a, so. Don't we all? Really? really? Mm. You like talking, Daz? I never could have guessed. Now, our Maltese background, of course I do. <laughs> You should see my hands waving around while I'm talking. <laughs> the, the, the mantic, the frantic wave. <laughs> yeah, man, that's the gesture. Although most of the gesturing I do when I talk is when I'm at work and it's generally making fists and trying not to hit stuff and, <laughs> you know, gesturing at the screen because, yeah. Hulk smash. Ah, Hulk smash. <laughs> <laughs> nah, th- uh, thanks, thanks for uh, inviting me back on, guys. Thank you. Uh, mate, it's always, always a pleasure. But, uh, but I just hear actually just while we before we get too far into things. Speaking of doing too many podcasts, I hear that you've got yourself another another one that you've tied yourself up in. Yes, <laughs> I couldn't live. I, look, I I uh, handballed um, this one to Aaron and thought, nah, I better stick to one podcast. But me, silly me, I had to go uh, start another one with uh, with mate Sean Tagster and. It's called Arcade Perfect Podcast, where we select one game and we try to we, we try to play the the most arcade perfect port home port, whether it's console or computer. So um, yeah, our last episode was with uh, Ghouls and Ghosts, and it was well received. So we're very happy about that. And our next episode will be uh, R Type, which will be coming out very soon. Yeah, excellent game. Uh, can yeah. I can I make a suggestion for a future title? How about Chase HQ? Oh, wow! Yeah, I mean, there's there's enough there's enough of that, but then I don't want to uh, belittle the humble C64. So I've got to I got to got to be careful which uh which game we choose. You know what I mean? Oh hell no, hell no! Get into it. <laughs> they, they make for the most robust discussions. But yeah, uh, they do. Yeah, I think I think that was also a subtle Damien saying, "Hey, I'll come and talk arcade Chase HQ." <laughs> yes, seeing as I've got the arcade perfect version at my home. Which Actually, is the arcade version? Which is the arcade version? Yes, I'm very jealous. Very, very jealous. That's 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 one of my holy grails. Mm. That and uh, a sit down cab of that and uh, midnight resistance. Uh, well, midnight actually, resistance. speaking of that, I think we're you're working on that too, aren't you, Damien? As one of your projects in a few years' time. Uh, well, <laughs> maybe not so much years' time, but I've got a perfectly working midnight resistance arcade PCB, and I have got a set of yellow snk rotary joysticks um now i could put them onto one of my cabs but i don't know i just want to get a whole new cab to put it into so i don't have to swap control panels around and yeah yeah stuff like that you you need a dedicated machine for that absolutely absolutely you're right there and i think i need i need me one too (laughs) (laughs) okay ah awesome oh dad's well we'll have to 
I mean, you guys are already on iTunes and other places. I think you're even yeah. on YouTube as well, aren't you? Yeah, we had, we had requests of um, YouTube, so I thought, bugger it. I'll put it up. We'll see what, we'll see what happens. It, it, it honestly only takes an extra hour of my time just to encode it and, you know, just put a few pictures up while it's yep. going and upload. So, well, you know, people wanted it, so we, I gave it to them. But yeah, I won't be doing that with um, Retro Domination. We're at like after we've got 100 plus episodes, so it's not happening there. No, yeah, sure. You don't want to spend time doing your your back your back catalogue. Oh, jeez. <laughs> if someone paid me, yeah, but no. <laughs> oh, that's right. Just, yeah. just go and hire one of the kids to show them how to do it. Don't talk about kids at the moment. <laughs> I'm not using a. I'm not using my headset at the moment because I reckon on my kids, but. We'll, we'll just leave it there. Yeah, safe. Hulk smash. Hulk smash. Awesome. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll make sure we throw the, uh, as always, link link for the show in the show notes for you. Just a subtle subtle plug. Yeah, thank you, boys. Um, well, awesome. So, boys, I guess, boy, well, how how else? How is everyone else, actually? It's been, been a few weeks since we all last caught up and said hi. Yes, yes, I'm good. And look, just for the benefit of the um, of the audience out there, Aaron and I have got an announcement. We're now gym buddies, <laughs> going to the gym oh. together. And oh, the reason that's... why I bring that up is because Aaron decided to trash talk me in our last episode. Oh. And um, look, just, just for everyone, how how did our workout go together, Aaron? Uh, let, let's let's just say that your your looks are deceiving, and that there's a reason you throw those heavy cabinets around like they're nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so he I'll, showed you up, did he? Maybe just a tiny bit. <laughs> although, although I do have to bring up a, a point here. You're the first and only person I've ever met that puts a towel on on um the. Uh, Thingo bands to protect the protect his precious leg hairs. Well, so, look, you know, it stings, man. It stings. You, you can you can throw around all that weight and you can't take a little bit of leg hair movement, dude. Look, I can't be perfect. <laughs> oh, uh huh. Oh, dude. But yes, I, I I don't know what to say. Um, <laughs> Darren, you. This is this is a conversation involving someone that idolizes Choaniki, so maybe best not to. Actually, okay, yeah, Damien, best not to. Damien, you, mm, yeah. Anyway, let's let's move on. Um, <laughs> good idea. <laughs> a little bit off topic. Yeah, really? yeah, you're digressing real bad. <laughs> it's only a couple of minutes in. We're doing well. Um, so yeah, oh boy, so we. I suppose before we if we get too far down things, I mean, any anything guys have picked up of late of interest? Um, well, I have uh, a new uh, arcade board uh, that I'll be hopefully picking up shortly. Uh, I got the venerable flying shark. Nice, nice. Hey, there's a there's a good one for your okay. podcast, Daz. Yeah, What's very that? much looking forward to getting that home. Yeah, I actually played that for the first time on the C sixty four. Actually. Yeah, it's got quite a few um, home conversions. So, mm. sixty-four from memory was was actually a pretty good game. Mm. But um, been a while since I played it. Mm. Ah, cool. What about any any computer wise any computer stuff, Tony? Um, oh, I'm just trying to think which ones. Um, oh, it's been a little quiet on the computer front, so. 
I have got a few new game titles. Um, yep. A game I've been after for years, absolute years. Um, I have a complete in-box copy of Gyrus for the Atari 8-bits. Ooh. Nice. Oh. And, and, and I can now confirm what other people have said. It's the best home version. Nice, nice. Really? Ooh. It's awesome. Okay. Awesome. Better so than the four one? Well, it um it does sound and sound effects and music at the same time, and oh. it runs at quite a decent clip. So, oh. um, I think it's got one up on the C sixty four version, but the C sixty four version is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it really is. But, um, oh, well, I think it's something I might have to look at. One of those, uh, the new. Uh, Atari 8-bit flashcards that have popped up, and if I when I do that, I might have to have a have a look because I do like me some gyrus. Yeah, the one thing was um, I did have to break out the Atari 800XL to get it to work though. Oh, so it's one of the ones that doesn't like the XE. No, I tried. Although I didn't, I only tried, I had the 800XE out. Okay. Um, the um, I didn't get out the XEGS. So I just I um um I tried basically tried the eight hundred XL second so and it worked so <laughs> mm, show off yeah I just had to pull the eight hundred oh. XL out <laughs> like it's nothing oh. hey eight hundred XL buddies <laughs> Woo! Well, well I could have pulled out the eight hundred or the four hundred or the <laughs> stop it uh, one or the one thirty XE um <laughs> stop. <laughs> Oh, Tony, oh. have you have you tried out the Bosconian um, remake on it on the Atari Epic? It's it's still a work in progress, but damn, it's so. Uh, oh, is there a Bosconian re- because there's a there is a Time Pilot remake um, going around. Nah, it's Bosconian it. one too. It's oh. really good, really really good. No, 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 I'll I'll be there. That is that is in in my top five arcade games, Bosconian. So. Uh, it's it's in my top ten actually, and it's it's got the speech, it's got everything. It's really impressive. Yeah, well, that's the I'll, thing I'll, about the Atari Eight Bit. The um the the pokey chip's actually quite good for speech. So I'll I'll shoot you over the the file I have, so you can have a play awesome. with it. Yep. I would love that. Yep. Oh, okay. More reason to have a flash card for it. Ah. Yeah, long live Atari Max. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. I think there was another one we were talking about, but eh, we'll, we'll come to that. Uh, ah, nice, man. So I was say, yeah, I've had a busy, busy month, I think, since the last time we, we caught up was, I think I was when I had the, I'd only just gotten the ultimate when we had a proper full episode. But um, no, I've had a busy, busy time. So today, I think going from what today back, I had a, fell into my lap was a little TRS Micro, the MC-10, I think it is, which is a little tiny, teeny, tiny version of the um, the TRS-80, as well as the Dick Smith um, data cassette drive that goes with it and a bunch of manuals and enthusiast magazines, which uh, was a lucky pickup, I think was the, the term. Yeah, nice but, um, little machine, yeah. Oh, it, it's gorgeous, and it's mint. Like, I, I swear, it looks like no one has ever used it. It has... <laughs> No yellowing, it just looks immaculate. Um, and the tape drive does as well, which will be cool because it'll be this looks like it's a sort of drive that will work with pretty much anything that has um, looks like a yeah, the DIN ports or the, the microphone ports on it. So, yeah. and, and actually, Tandy did make very nice um, tape decks. 
oh yeah, this thing is pretty robust. So uh, yeah, looking forward to actually having a bit of a bit of a play and see what it can actually do. So, um, but the other the other bit of interest today I got was a box of I think best described as PCPs and expansion cards that I sort of overlooked initially, and then when I went back and had a look. I realized that the um, the motherboard in there was actually a um, Unitron, which for those that don't know, and I certainly didn't until recently, um, they were one of the first clones of the Apple II. Um, and they were also, I believe, um, and don't quote me on this, was the first time Apple ever sued someone over um, copy copyright infringement. Um, when they released it, because they were a clone and they were very, very very much a close close um, copy of the system so um but yeah so this thing has this box has um an apple II power supply in it has the the unitron motherboard um and it has a ton of like disc controllers ram expansions rom expansions had a little baggie with um, a whole bunch of apple II and microsoft basic rom chips in it um as well as two apple II disk drives so i'm not sure quite what I'm doing with that yet. Um, I believe I got a, a friend whose brother is a uh, collector, restorer, and preserver of Unitron stuff. So I think there's going to be a conversation had about trying to get a, an Apple II out of him for um, in exchange because it'd be I've been after one for a bit and I don't think I'm going to get this thing up and running sadly. But um, yeah, very cool piece of hardware and it's a very cool piece of history. Um, sort of have a look over. Yeah, I still need to f- find a floppy drive for my Apple yet. So, oh, you say that after I've, mm. I've we'll, we'll come back to that. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> look, some... I, I am I'm happy for you, Aaron. But you know, I know it's not an actually an Apple, but I say Apple Schmapple. Um, but for me, um, I picked up a never used in box. Um, Sega SC3000H Yano. Um, oh, so that's right, yes. I saw one of those locally, and um, because it's such a, a great bit of kit, I had to had to have it. So I clicked that Buy It Now button on the eBay, and here it is. Um, so, yeah, it's... Um, as it's box of minty fresh, I um I just got to pick the right moment to crack it out out of the plastic, um and see whether I can actually get a um an RGB signal out of it. Apparently you can, but there might be a little bit of work required to do so. Right. Interesting. Interesting. But, um. Yeah. Actually, the other. Oh, actually, before I forget as well, I probably should probably call it as well. I got um, two two of our listeners actually helped help me pick up some uh, rather nifty things as well. And um, one of their local fellows, uh, Paul, who hi Paul, if you're listening, um, who won our bear competition that I helped. He didn't actually have a Commodore 64, so I'd, we'd sort of worked out a bit of a swap, and I picked up a couple of um, BBC micros off him to have a bit of a play with. So that'll be a fun little project to try and see if I can get them up and running. Um, but the other side of things was um, our everyone's favourite baby, Mr. Freaking Frankie, was so very, very kind to bring across a silver TI-99-4A for me. Good so I, I, I now have an American TI-99, which will work with my flashcard, um, which is 
going to be fun because there are some very cool port uh, homebrew ports and stuff on that that I'm being keen to get my hands onto. Yes, what did you it, get off it, me? It, it's a it's a very good flashcard that one. Yeah. What was what that you got off me, Aaron? What computer was that then? That was the the TRS eighty, the Coco two. Oh, okay. What's the difference between the two? Uh hang on, the TI ninety nine. Yeah. That's the Texas Instruments. The the TI ninety nine four A is a completely different computer. Oh, okay. So the the TI it's same same graphics chipset as the Coleco and the Dick Smith Wizard and C three thousand and pretty much any yeah. most of the Sli- computers that Tony early, has. Yeah, slightly earlier version of the graphics chip, but pretty much com- pretty much the same. It's missing one uh, graphic uh, mode, and yeah. the main processor is a sixteen bit processor. First sixteen bit computer. Yes, it is. Yes. So um, you should I should uh, I should link you up there as the um the Super Ti Brothers. Um, someone did World One One of Super Mario Brothers on it. And it's... I've seen that. That looks awesome. Mm, it does yeah, look so good. That, that, that's on the yeah. That's on the TI. So they are a very capable little machine, and I'm very excited to get my hands on it. So thanks again, Frankie. You are an awesome baby, and <laughs> hopefully we will actually catch, we'll catch up next time you're here. Oh, it's a shame I was supposed to meet up with them, but um, yeah, I had too much on. It's a shame. It happens. It, it does happen, unfortunately. Awesome. What about yourself, Daz? We've done a lot of talking. Oh, look, I'm gonna. Yeah, I've got an, a lot of good stuff, but I'll keep it simple and short. <clears throat> um, I was quite happy to receive, and I will talk about later the pen. How do you pronounce it? The. Oh, now I dropped the paper on the floor. One second. <laughs> oh, the the the, penul- the penultimate cart. The penultimate cart for the Vic Twenty. Yes. Ooh, good so, one. Uh, I'll, yeah, I thought I bit the bullet. I thought bugger it. Um, not computer related, but, um, I also received a 72 in one for my Vectrex and, um, plugged it in my Vectrex that I got recently and it was having trouble turning on. So I was devastated. Aaron knows, um, lucky enough, I've got a friend at work that was uh, kind enough to recap it for me and it's working like a dream. So oh, nice. yeah. yeah, yeah, he t- fixed. It took him no bull. It took him like less than half an hour to do, and he fixed it. That's like, pretty oh, special because yeah. they're they're hard to take apart. Those things. Do oh, this this guy this tech at work. He he fixes. He can fix anything. He's ridiculous. He fixes LCD oh. TVs and everything. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> um, but uh, and funny enough, he's not an old man with white hair. He's actually um our age. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, I've got that and um a few other things, but. What I'm excited to, to the most, I never thought I'd own, is an Ultimate, um, Ultimate 1541 well Plus. So, with 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 a tape adapter too, and I got it for way under what it Bastard. normally sells for, isn't it? Yeah, Aaron, I got Bastard. it for yeah. <laughs> got it, got it for yeah. It's not not a bit a bit over half price. I think yeah. it was after post probably, but still enough to be yeah. It's the, the sort of thing you go, uh, yes, and then worry about finding the money later on. Um, that sort of yeah, bargain. it was like that. You know, I didn't have the money for it, but um, yeah, a big thanks to uh to David from um the Atari Seven Hundred Cup by Cup podcast. So um, D- David's a great guy all the way in Canada. So um, he was nice enough to actually send it for me. So it's on its way of tracking. I'm check. I'm ch- I'm checking every day. <laughs> to see how close <laughs> it's getting, and it's not moving. 
Wow! <laughs> try try ordering an act. Try ordering a brand new one and wait and playing that. Yeah, game. I know. I know. I, sh- I should be. I should be very grateful, actually. So yeah, I honestly, I never thought I'd own one, but um, yeah, it's that, that's my holy grail of flashcards. But yeah, but yeah, a few other things. But yeah, that that's that's what stole the show for me was that. And I'm, I'm I'm over the moon. I can't wait till I finish my game room and then play that thing all bloody day. Oh yeah, fifteen forty one brothers unite! Yay! Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> How is the build quality, Aaron? Oh, phenomenal! Oh, well, actually, we should talk about it later. We'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we'll come back. Yeah. We'll come back to that. Um, yeah. But uh, cool. Oh well, before we before we get too far down, I actually wanted a bit of while you're here, Daz. It's probably fortune was. I actually wanted a bit of a plug and actually more of a thanks that um. Yeah, from this month's episode on, we, we're actually now sponsored. Um, That's right. Much like much like our uh, fellow podcast, I'll say Plus 3 to Geekdom, Geekdom United, Retro Domination, and um, Arcade Perfect. Arcade Perfect? Yes. You said podcast. it wasn't. Yeah, yeah it's it. Um, yeah, Bartronica has now has now actually sp- a sponsor of the Press Play on Tape podcast. Yeah. Woohoo! So, woohoo! Yeah, so, yeah, so Josh, all four are all, all related, so there we go. Yeah. We are. So, um, yeah, Josh and he basically, yeah, so Bartronica along with its sister bars, Pinball Paradise and Ms. Bartronica, mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah, now sponsors of the podcast, which is great, and we greatly appreciate their support. Uh, so, yeah, thanks, yeah, Josh. So, thanks, Josh. Yeah, he's... Yeah, definitely, thanks. Um, so, for those who have, who don't know, um, Bartronica is, basically was a an arcade bar that runs in Melbourne. It's half bar, half museum, and all yeah. awesome, I think, is the, the tagline you guys use. Yeah. It's half museum, half bar. 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 Can we get Coley to do can we get Coley to do a promo for us? Cause... <laughs> you want to? <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, so no, they've they've got between yeah, no, between Batronica and then Pinball Paradise, which is, as the name suggests, pretty much a pinhead's heaven. Yeah. Uh, um, or Miss Bartronica, which is their their bar out in Geelong. So, Geelong, yeah. And if, um, but yeah, definitely. If you're in, if you're in Melbourne, you should absolutely look them up. They are exceptional places, and I know I'm a big fan of Pinball Paradise for obvious um, reasons. <laughs> yeah, very obvious reasons because I can't own one. Um, but yeah, so again, look, thanks again, guys. Uh, we do appreciate it, your support, and uh, yeah, here's to here's to many more podcasts because of it. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. So, yeah, where are we at? So, another actually, while we're on the, the plug train, um, everyone that listened in last month would have would have been, uh, listened to our chat with Jay Aldred, who was the dev behind the Commodore sixty four shooter Galencia. And if anyone had missed it, it's now out, uh, which sort of came out of nowhere. Uh, so yeah, if you're keen, you can head over to Galencia.itch io and i'll put that in the show notes so don't stress about trying to remember it um comes in well under ten dollars so yeah well worth grabbing and supporting it with i think there's physical copies coming soon so absolutely worth uh showing some support to the guys there that was great very very good effort finishing that off so Mm, it looks phenomenal he's added so much from the the first beta that he published and some stuff that happened which doesn't need to be gone into but yeah, went away and suddenly there's a complete game that has intros and it has characters, it has a whole bunch of stuff, bosses. It's it is phenomenal. So nice. um Yes. Well well 
about, boys, we, we get on to the, uh, the topic at hand. So this month we thought we would talk about Flash Solutions, if the subtle few mentions before now hasn't given that away, right? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think, look, it's probably fair to say that um, given the age of some of the material that we, you know, physical media that we use, it's they're getting to the point where they are going to start getting to the end of their finite lifespan and yeah, the tapes wiping themselves, just getting damaged, even cartridges sort of failing to, to load. I mean, they're not to mention that the cost of actually picking up some of these, like yeah, has anyone priced up an X68000 disc of late? <laughs> non-working? <laughs> yeah, non-working. Uh, so, yeah, that's sort of, we, we thought we, we'd cover off some of the, um, yeah, some of the flashcards that we use ourselves and hopefully, yeah, if you've, Give you a few point, a few pointers, or a few tips of which ones you know we like, which ones we use, and ones to look for. So, who would like to talk first? I can go in, and if you want, sure go thing. Tony. Go Tony. And of course, of course, you know what I'm going to lead in. Um, I, um, I'm going to start with my. Uh, can I guess? Can I guess? Is it an oh, MSX related flash device? It could be say. an MSX related flash device. I reckon. Oh, yeah. oh I was going to say the Apple too. <laughs> oh, now, one for the Apple II would be a bad idea, but um, yes, no, the MSX and definitely the penultimate device to get for the MSX is called a Mega Flash ROM SEC Plus. This wonderful device um, has one or two SD cards, if one isn't enough for you, um, <laughs> can hold multiple petitions of FAT12 and FAT16. Um, so you can actually have quite large petitions. Um, it has eight megabytes of flash ROM, so you can actually have a whole heap of cartridges already loaded. And it's eight, eight megabytes, not eight megabits. Um, you can have a whole lot of cartridges or um, game images already preloaded into the ROM, including a menu. Um, very simple to add games off the flash storage, the SD storage into the ROM. Or it can store up to eight disk um, images in that ROM space as well. And a memory mapper, in other words, extra actual RAM for the computer of 512K. Um, and of oh, course, wow. the, very important, the very important SEC um, sound chip, which was the sound chip that was added in most of the Konami titles um, after uh, the first couple of releases. So... The MSX was lucky that its cartridge port is a full expansion bus, um, so you could um, pretty much plug um, anything you like into them and expand the computer um, quite a bit. Um, and oh. quite um, a few different um, players actually added additional sound um, capabilities. So that's an FM sound chip, the SSC, so and those channels add on to the uh, original three normal channels plus noise channel that you get in an MSX machine. Okay. Um, thus so, giving a lot of the Konami games their distinctive sounds. So what it means is you can put Konami ROMs on here and they will play because you have the SSC sound chip. So and, actually, they, I think, and they sound great too. Oh, they do. Yes. Yes. FM you know, sound makes a lot of difference. I was going to say, actually, didn't, didn't you get a, a similar cart for one for your MSX, Daz, that had a lot That's of the, uh, yeah, the sound chip? The sound chip That's and stuff right. on it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, there was another car. It was a, uh, oh, I think it was 128k with the 
Tony, you know, what was it? Wasn't it like the Sega sound chip in it or something? Coleco <laughs> sound chip? Uh, yeah, the other one, yeah, the, the, the other card you had that has the um, the Coleco and SG-1000 sound chip in it, mm. which is the Texas Instruments sound chip. Okay. So the, the, it's, it is similar to the sound chip that they ended up putting in MSX and Spectre Video Computers, but it doesn't quite have the same frequency range, and mm. you can't change the waveforms programmatically on the chip. Yeah. Whereas the um, the one in the MSX and Spectre Video, you can change the waveform. So it's a lot. You have to use the CPU to drive the shape of the sound on mm -hmm. the Coleco and SG-1000. So thus, often those games don't have as rich a sound as you can do it on MSX. Okay, so so I, I can run both of those carts at the, simultaneously in the MSX and will, will it improve the sound at all with the other cart? Um, well, what it will allow you to do is you could quite literally, using a little bit of software on your MSX, is load SG-1000 games and they would work. And okay. also and also Coleco games. So you could actually emulate a Coleco um, or an SG-1000 using your MSX machine. Wait, what? Okay. Yeah, yeah, because I've I actually uh, loaded up a, um, SG-1000 games and they worked perfect. Mm. So, yeah. no, no slowdown, no sort no, of... Perfect. No, perfect. They're, they're a bit of a pain in the bum to sort of getting the commands right to load, but once you get loading, it's fine. You wouldn't even know yes. the difference. And because of the um, you know, the extra RAM in the other cartridge as well, it makes the thing, and being able to load things off SD cards, because it's basically like a huge hard disk. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, um, so, you know, and the MSX has proper timing you know, normal timing, not just vertical blank timing. So it's perfectly capable of emulating other systems quite well. This is why I love you, Tony. You are a, you are just a brain of information. <laughs> <laughs> what what am I a brain so, of? Do you think uh, you're, the, you're the brawn? Chew and Nikki, that's what you are. No, that's Aaron. A and oh, Chase it was Chew. Aaron. You <laughs> sounded like Aaron for a second. <laughs> yeah, so, so oh. with one of these one of these cartridges, it basically turns your MSX into um, a very capable machine. Mm. Um, obviously, MSX having the expansion bus, you can get a slot expander, plug that in, have multiple cartridges in one slot, and then you go and get something like the um, the the GFX um, nine thousand card, and you have you can turn your normal MSX into um, a what could have been MSX, like an MSX3 that never came out. <laughs> ah, this is like, you know, MSX fantasy talk. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a very capable card, but on the uh, flip side, it is not a cheap cartridge, right? It does have a lot of stuff in it, though, so it is quite understandable. There are other solutions for the MSX. There's a even more expensive card that has a network adapter in it, um, that, that crazy also, Russian thing you've got? It is, yes. It, it can also, um, has an SD in it that can mount um, uh, mount drives, although you need to flash it, um, which is not an easy process. Uh, there are a couple of cheaper flash cards as well. So there are plenty of, because of the ease of expansion of NMSX, there are quite a few different um, expansion options. And apparently I will soon have another one, which I'll hopefully have more news about in our next episode so oh nice i'll look forward to that because i still need i still need to get one for my little uh my little msx one 
at some point. Well, this new one apparently will work in an MSX one fine. Um, once again, you can do more if you've got more RAM. So, ah, brilliant, brilliant. So, um, okay, that's that's cool. So, where where can you find where can you find the uh, the various cards? Um, well, the Mega Flash ROM is available from the MSX cartridge shop. So, I'll have to give you a URL to um, so things. Nice. There's also a few MSX homebrew games available from the same place. Um, and they are still are ready, readily available. They don't always have the dual SD and single SD in it are available at the same time. Um, okay. But they do have available stock of those. They are, once again, they are not cheap, though. It's, um, I think, mm. I, haven't, I haven't looked for a little while. It's about 130 euro, which is... Yeah, Ooh. last time I last time I looked, it was yeah, sort of pushing the 170, 180 Australian shipped mark. Yes. Which, as much as I like the MSX, it's not. Yeah, oh. it must have gone up because I don't remember paying that much unless I was blind to it. <laughs> that wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to say how much the oh. MSX2 costs to get it down here. <laughs> to oh. say that, yeah. At least, you've got an MSX2, at least you've got an MSX2 now that makes it your yeah, life yeah. much easier. Yes. Yeah. I, I think mm. I did all right, though, Tony. I think I did all right. Yes. But, um, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's a shame it's only a single drive, though. A single-sided yeah. drive. Oh, yeah, that's right. You've only got a single-sided drive. Um, but at some stage, you could probably replace that with a double-sided one. Oh, okay. Oh, we'll talk later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, fantastic. Awesome. So, awesome. So, Tony, that was. So, are there any other options for the MSX apart from those couple? Well, so there is a cheaper, um, cheaper newer one. I'm just struggling for the name. Uh, sorry, the names escape me at the moment. Uh, one you can get a lot of the um, uh, more recent homebrew games from. Um, it was the one. Oh, it was the one that um, Daz was looking at at one stage. But it wasn't the one with the um, SG1000 sound chip in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Can you remember where you got that one from, Des? What was that called? Jeez, oh, I can find out for you. Yeah, I'm just having a blank at the moment. That's all right. Yeah. Something we can we can find out later on. We can whack her in the show notes. Hmm. But there are so, quite a few different options, and I said there'll be this new one, which has um, come out of Spain, I believe. So. Cool. Oh, awesome. Awesome. So that's a, so that's the MSX covered. I think pretty well then. There's uh, quite a few, quite a few to be had. No, oh, yeah, I got one from the MSX cartridge shop. That's uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. That's your SSC. I'm talking about your SG1000 one. Oh, SG. No, no. Oh, that. Oh, that musical cart. Oh, the one that's got that sound chip. Uh, that was just off eBay. It was a oh, French. Okay. A French. He's a French seller. He's actually got yeah, a website, it is. But... It, I'm just trying to remember what it's called. Yeah, I'll find it. Don't worry. Keep talking. And I'll melody, find it. melody, something. I can't remember. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we might as well move on. So, I mean, look, the I know for for me, for me, the the one, the at least one of the systems that I cover off, obviously, is the venerable Commodore 64, because it's it's probably the one that's got, I think, the most one of the some of the most solutions out there. But I mean, it'd be remiss of us not to pretty much go straight to the the top of the pile, um, mm-hmm. which is to say, you know. Those 64 users out there probably needs no introduction, but it's the, the 1541 Ultimate. Uh, yeah, there are what nearly coming on 10 year old since 10 years since the first iteration came out. 
when um, it was Gideon's. Look, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his surname. <laughs> um, but yeah, Gideon basically yeah, released this, which is a it's an FPGA based cartridge. So that's a what's the the terminology again? There, I always forget. It's the floating field programmable gate array. That's yes, the one. Field so programmable Yes. Which is basically a, a chip that allows you to basically emulate well anything really, um, but it's pretty much has been and will continue to be the Rolls Royce of sixty four flash solutions because it's look to be to be fair it does everything, you know it acts as a emulates a disk drive it emulates being a cartridge it allows you to load um, different ROMs in so you can actually use it to load or and overwrite the um, the ROM system. So if you wanted to put, say, like Jiffy DOS on, it, it will allow you to do that. It can put a fast loader in the background, uh, as well as you can load tape, tape games off it with the adapter. Write new tapes, write new discs, restore backup discs and tapes, and the list goes on. Um, you know, it's the current version, so the Ultimate Two Plus, which is not quite as much of a mouthful as Tony's MSX card. <laughs> Um, but look, it's, yeah, it, it is just, there's not much more I can say about it. Like I've, I've had mine for a bit over a month now and it is, yeah, it is fantastic. Um, and, and I have the straight two and I've had that for a couple of years and it, it they're just a fantastic device. There's so many features in it. It's not funny. I, I able to, um, daisy chain it from a real disk drive. For example, yes. if I want to, I can. So if I've got data on a floppy disk that I want to transfer over, <gasps> I can do that. Absolutely. You uh, Don't quote me on the specifics, but there are definitely plenty of guides that talk about how you do it. But what well, the short version is, you can absolutely use the Ultimate 2, rip rip your data off your disks onto D64 and write new D64. Oh, that's files. fantastic. Mm. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, because I've got a lot of save files, like paints, paint files and so on that I'd like to, you know, oh, nice. archive. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It's, uh, like I said, it, it, it is it, just... Is there an address dip switch you've got to set on the drive or anything, or do they automatically know which one, which disk So unlike the, the SD2IECs, where you've actually got to use either the command to set to set the drive number or change the dip on the back of the drive itself, uh, I'm not 100%. But like I said, the, the instructions are definitely all there. Like I know I've definitely read through how to rip it. I've just, yeah, off the top of the head, couldn't tell you. Oh, come on, Aaron, tell me. <laughs> do, I, do I look like a... That's Tony. Tony's the, the brains of this operation. <laughs> I just I just play stuff and smile. Um, <laughs> but look, it's, it is... Look, like I said, I, I could gush more about it. But seriously, anyone that owns a C64 is probably either knows about it or has, has at least seen one. Um but I mean, look, you know, the, the pro, the pro side of thing. Like I said, they're massively compatible. I don't think there's much in the way of games and things you can't run on it. Um, the sheer amount of features, the ease of just use in general, um, and it makes floppy sounds. The, the the two plus actually has a little speaker that it will play. Uh, it'll actually when you power it on, it'll actually make that you know the like the head seek when you turn cool. on the sixty four, and when you load games, it'll actually make the floppy noises. So like, that's awesome. If if you've got a bad ROM, does it make that horrible clacking noise? Oh, I don't know. I hope so. I must. I <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. Dump. I'll go and that find a bad be, dump and try it. That'd be awesome if it did. 
Um, but look, yeah, the but look, the cons, and I mean, unfortunately, nothing's perfect. Uh, straight up, you know, point blank, the cost, the the sheer, you know, given the technology that goes into these, they're not cheap. Uh, yeah, to to be to be blunt, you're not getting change out of two hundred and fifty dollars or more Australian <sighs> to get one landed. Yeah. Um, and if my wife's listening, I didn't spend that much, honestly. Um, but um, <laughs> but other than that, look, the lead time is is a killer. Uh, I ordered mine in January. I got it in May. It was June. It was early, it was May or early June. So, Gideon but that's not too in- bad. Yeah, better than Rocket Ranger. Oh, we yeah, we won't talk about <laughs> Cinema Air Retro. Yeah, um, but look, that's it. You're right. It's still four or five months because it's built to order in when they get enough to warrant a batch. So it can be a wait, but I know of other people that have ordered it and had it less than a month later. So it really does depend on when where you are in the cycle that, you know. And then the other side of things is the disk load times are limited by the, um, the C64 IEC or the serial port um, by the speed of that. So loading fast load into memory before you try and load a disk game is imperative otherwise you're going to be waiting for just as long yeah you need to know the order of running things basically yeah that's it but um but look that's i mean look the cost is obviously the big one but i mean the rest of it are minor things but still yeah it's it's well worth it if you're serious about your 64 you cannot go past it but um with that said you know if you don't have the budget that the couple of honorable mentions I'd, i'd throw out there um Probably the biggest one and the probably the cheapest, most cost-effective is the SD2 IEC-based solutions that are out there. Um, I think the short, ver- the short version you've got is the um, there they hook up to the disk drive port, they read off an SD drive and basically emulate the the fifteen forty one. So they I think I've seen them anywhere from fifty to a hundred dollars Australian posted, but obviously quality is going to vary. Yeah, they're a lot more affordable solution. Yeah, they they definitely are, and the, the upshot as well is though the a lot of the SD twos will actually work with the C sixteen and the Vic twenty, so that's oh. that's something that's a, a big perk. Yeah, that's I've got good. um I've got a U UIEC which is sold. Um, I think a guy named Jim Jim Brain I think makes them. His source Go for Retro I think. And um, I've uh, used mine on VIC-20 and Commodore 16 uh, for the UIEC, which is... I I can't remember the difference between UIEC and SD2IEC, but they're they're quite similar. Um, I think SD2IEC, I probably should actually say that UIEC is the actual reference board. I think I'm getting my my brands mixed up. Um, The SD2IEC is actually, I think, is the actual name for... The carts that are made out of the future was 8bit.com. Um, Rod Hull was the guy over there that makes basically the goes and gets old plastic from the 64s and stuff and actually recycles it to make cute little, you know, pseudo 1541s to put these things in with LEDs and all the stuff. Like there are, you know, I got that was the first C64 flash cart that I got. And honestly, it's, I wouldn't get rid of it because it still has its uses and they're still. You know, they are a very good little piece of kit. But be wary, obviously, you know, there are some very dodgy ones that I've seen on eBay that have come, you know, where they're basically just drowned in hot glue and barely functional. So do your research, I think, is the, probably the best one to do there. Um, but, yeah, they are, 
yeah, and again, they're, they're, but the, the other con there, though, is that they have the same load speed problem. So usage of fast loaders are definitely, definitely recommended. Yeah. So I think the last one, Daz, you can cover off, though, is the Easy Flash, which is just the cartridge solution. Yeah. It's just a cartridge solution. Um, You can't run disk images or anything like that. But um, it's I think it's like a C64 disk software, and you can read obviously uh, the D64 um, images and you can rip out the PRG images and make your own discs. And with that, okay. you can create like a list of um, like, how can you say, like, like, like a multi-cart image and you can dump that onto the easy flash. So on mm. the easy flash, you have, you have about six slots and okay. there's, there's heaps of cartridge images you, you can get, like even like the, the ocean titles that were released for the, the GS console. Yep. yep. So, you, like for example, I can have Myth on on slot one, and also a lot of um, hackers from back in the day have created um, cartridge images of like Turrican, for example, or Mayhem in Monsterland, and and Wonderboy Monsterland. You know the multi-load disc games, and they mm. run flawlessly. And then and then, then you can chuck on one slot. You can chuck on your own image that you've made with like 30, 40 games that are just single loads. You know what I mean? Just a normal PRG image, and it's it's actually a great cartridge. I mean, for under a hundred dollars, you can do a lot with it, and it's it's great. You can uh, it's got you can also have a, like a fast load utility. You can boot into that, and um, it works great with the what's the SDMC, whatever it's called. Yep, the SD uh, or the UICs and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it works great with that because you can actually you don't even need a PC. You can just um, chuck your images on the SD card, and you can dump them straight on the Easy Flash. So you, you flash it via the C64 itself off the SD card. So um, it's it's a great little unit. And I was talking to Aaron about it, and I'm like, should I keep the flash? And you're like, I guess it doesn't hurt to keep it, you know? And I think I'll just, I'll just keep it. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's some good, because uh, I've got one of those easy flash carts, and what I liked about it is, uh, one thing with I found with the UIC, there's like there's a bunch of games that don't work on it, but um, mm-hmm. uh, Maniac. Well, I, I think things have improved now, and there's been some fixes come out. But a while ago, Maniac Mansion and Zach McCracken wouldn't work on the um, on the SD2IC type solutions, and uh, but there was like a an image for um, cartridge for yeah. flash card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, for anyone who's listening, you know, he says, "Oh no, that's not right. They do work. Uh, that's because it is. Oh, I don't know. The last few months or so, or maybe even last year, um, somebody actually has uh, fixed those um, Lucasfilm games to work on the SD2 IC now. Uh, but you know, there's all, all also like the uh, Cinemaware games. Yeah, um, yeah. It's actually a compilation one of that, yeah, with those. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That works really well. So that, that's a really good one too. To I've actually got that. a really good um, shoot 'em up one. It's got X out on there. It's got R type. Um, yeah, some really good games on it. Ah, awesome. So yeah, oh. yeah. No, it's 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 a great it's it's a great alternative. I mean, look, I mean, I reckon half the sixty-four owners out there will either dream or just can't be bothered, or they just can't afford the ultimate. This is your next best thing, you know. You have that with SD card, and you can't go wrong. I mean, or you can't play everything, but you can, there's enough. You can play enough mm. to keep you busy mm. till, till you know you reach your deathbed. I can tell you that. You, you're never going to be bored. 
So, um, but you, you know, you know what I would mind out there, listeners. If anyone has gotten Simpsons arcade to work, please let me know. Even if it's on the ultimate, because I think the problem is I can't find a PAL image of the game. I think the images I find are NTSC, so they're they're uh, running like they just don't load. So yeah, to do uh, wrong. yeah, Des, I've got Simpsons arcade to work. Oh, you have? Yeah. Yeah, I plugged it, plugged it into my arcade cabinet. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. Now, uh, Tony, Cheeky. what do I what do I need to do to get that into my arcade cabinet? <laughs> uh, we'll have to talk turkey. <laughs> oh dear. Um, cool. Where were we? Um. <laughs> oh dear. So, oh well. well Damien, you've been you've been yes. suspiciously quiet. Now you, I know you've uh, you've dabbled a few with between like the the Amigas, the STs, as well as the um, BBC Micros and stuff. So yes, why don't yes. you tell us what are your what are your uh, your picks or your your choices for those? Well, look, I'll start off with the um, BBC Micro. Um, so I've got a, a BBC Micro. Uh, it's uh, I think it's called MM, MMC Micro Flash Drive. Um, and these are still sold on eBay by a seller um, with the name, I can't even pronounce it, C-T-O-R-W-Y-31. Um, and it's basically, it's a bit of kit that comes with um, the interface itself, um, a turbo yep. ROM, which is actually like the, the chip you've got to plug into your, um, into your BBC, uh, an IDC connector, and it actually uses... Um, MMC cards, so um, I don't think they're that common anymore. Were they used commonly in phones a while ago? Uh, yeah, no. MMC were the basically like the early Nokia's and a lot of the other ones. Like oh, when yep. they started to add memory expansion cards, they yep. were um, they look a lot like in uh, Nokia Engage cartridges. Funnily enough, right? Uh, okay, bless bless the Engage. Yeah, no worries. Well, so so much hate <laughs> with with so with the BBCs. There's like the BBC Micro, and you've got the like the BBC Master Compact. Now, one of the differences is the BBC Micro's got the um, uh, what is it? The IDC port, um, okay. but the BBC Master Compact doesn't have that, so it's got like a, a user port instead um so it's easy to connect it to the bbc uh model b um but with to get it to connect to the master compact you actually need to do a little bit of um surgery so i did that on mine to actually the the actual um pins you just need to put some sort of conversion to to map the pins out to to go into the user port and I actually um, put mine into a little case and set it up in a way so that I could actually connect it to either just using a different cable. Um, Now a good thing with these um, devices um, is that the primary purpose I got it is because I wanted to play games. Um, So the guy that sells them on eBay, um, the actual MMC card comes with preloaded with a whole bunch of games. Uh, basically, I think any games where no one is threatening to sue them. 
yeah. um, for putting them on there. So there are a few that um, have been left out due to um, people who uh, actively um, protect their copyright. Um, but yes, but the actual there's a whole bunch of awesome games on there, and the actual menu interface is actually really um, good and easy to use to pick the games. Um, so within reason, it uh, it comes with most of the games you'll ever want to play on the BBC Micro. Um, now it actually is possible to modify the contents of the card and the menu to add new games. Although when I started to reading how to do that i've just found it a little bit too hard um so i thought oh i'm not going to do that but what i did do is i did buy a separate card um so that i could play some games that were not included on the other one um it's not easy without doing a bit of research um so it's not easy it's just like dragging a you know rom onto the card and then away you go there's a little bit more effort uh, that's required in there um, but there is a lot of documentation supplied for the device and I reckon it is probably capable of doing a whole lot more than just playing games but that's pretty much all I want it for um, I found that it was pretty well priced and I'm very happy with it I'll just so mm. I'll, I'll chime in I'll chime in there so they currently the they, they run for about $56 with the exchange rate um, but if anyone wants to order one, too bad. I just bought the last one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you pretty much sold me on it while we were talking, Damo, because I've been meaning to get one for my beebs for a while because it's yes. been woefully neglected and I really feel I should be spending a bit more time with it. Yes, well, they're yes. a wonderful machine. So. They mm. are. They are. And they were a machine that I actually used um, in both primary school and high school. And um, one of the games that um, is does have active copyright protection going on is there's Granny's Garden and Flowers of Crystal, if anyone remembers those. Um, look, if you're listening, I would buy the actual ROMs for BBC off you if I could, but I can't, so I, I had to do it other ways. End of story. Wow, you sound guilty. <laughs> do, do we need to run a Kickstarter so you can you can you can also pay into the Guilty's Absolution Fund? Well, the thing is, you can actually download it for PC, um, which is good. But I don't want to play it on my PC. Yeah, you want that complete nostalgia feeling, yes or no? Absolutely. Yeah. And the BBC's got a special place in my heart as well because uh, the first year I attended college, all we had was. Three teletype terminals and one VDU linked into the Elizabeth Computing Centre. In the second, in the second year, we had the BBC. So uh, I was among the first students to use them wow. uh, here in here in Tassie, and I thought they were absolutely fantastic. Uh, one of the first games I played was um, Starship Command, I think it is, mm. which actually is a, a little light. Bosconian and the fact that the ship stays in the centre of the screen and things scroll around. Um, and um, I, yeah, cut cut code on that machine. I actually programmed in Pascal on it. And... Oh, yuck. <laughs> <laughs> I 
wrote a game, ran it out of memory, and then was allowed onto the mainframe instead. Um, Great, great machines. No, you're right. And it's funny you mentioned that because I think when I, the other night, when I posted, I actually was posting pictures of one of the beebs. I was, when I had it open, was having a bit of a poke around trying to figure out how to fix the power supply. Uh, surprised the amount of people that I had chiming in to sort of say that, you know, bringing back memories of playing stuff like Blagger and Frack in Computer mm. Club, which is a thing that I, I have no recollection of. Like, so yeah, there you go. But no, that's cool. I will keep everyone posted on when that turns up and, uh, I just love the internet for this sort of stuff. Um, <laughs> thanks, Damien. Um, cool. So, any other? Is there any other solutions you know of for the Beebs, or is that the only one you know of? That that, that that's the only one I know of. Maybe there's more. There's you know there's some really good um, forums and communities out there. Um, but you know, it's for for my purposes, just loading up a few games and just while we're at it, um, there's a whole bunch of um, clones like arcade clones on the BBC, which are actually surprisingly, surprisingly good. So yeah, because, worth, probably because worth, of the speed speed of its main processor. So, mm-hmm. so they're actually worth checking out. So. Um, and and, for, and while we're on BBC territory, because of the number of interfaces built into those machines, that's why they were so expensive. Um, there are quite a few, like you know, direct computer to computer connection options as well mm, mm. i think remembering from one of the earlier press play on tape episodes before i joined in i think there was some guy who came on who talked about the bbc quite a, a number that would of... be rob caparetto who's yeah. a very big enthusiast mm. and, and it was quite a few very games. very interesting very interesting history and it was actually quite i actually thought that it sounded like the guys who put it together were geniuses Mm. Well, they were. You haven't, have, you seen, have you seen Micro Men, Damien? Yeah, you should watch no. Micro Men if you haven't. I haven't yeah. seen it, no, no. It, it is obviously a little dramatised for, for, you know, Hollywooded, if you know what I mean, but not so much that the um, the detail isn't lost. So a bit like King of Kong, maybe. No. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'll, um, I'll, I'll shoot you over a YouTube link because it's actually for yeah. people to watch on YouTube. It, it, is, oh, awesome. it is. I actually put that movie on to watch in the background when I'm programming sometimes. It's really wow. good. Wow. But, but do any of them sell barbecue sauce? <laughs> I don't get it. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Billy Mitchell is what you're saying. Yes, Billy Mitchell sauce. <laughs> 